The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Russell brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNPROP to receive free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast NFL Week 8 edition for the Sunday Games Player Prop Edition. It is currently 6 o'clock, almost on the East Coast, man. The time is flying by. It's already Friday. I can't believe it. I'm losing track of time. But joining me today, as usual, to break down the player props for NFL Week 8 for the Sunday Games is the prop god himself, Dan Titus. Dan, how are you doing this Friday afternoon, buddy? Doing great, brother. Got some hoops to watch later on. Coming off a great Thursday night game. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good one, man. I, I got some money on the the Packers there, so I was pretty happy about that. Wish I put some money line sprinkle sprinkle some money line on that because that would have been really a great great night. But um, yeah, yeah, man, it's uh, great going into week eight. Can't believe we're already damn near uh, ha- almost halfway through the yeah. season, man. Like it's getting real close. Yeah, we were talking about this last week, and now it's already approaching the halfway point of the NFL season. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, yesterday. Also a great day for me. Went two and one on the on the player props, and uh, I actually did take Packers money line also for about plus two forty. So, come on, are you going to give me? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) come on, Aaron Rodgers as a six and a half seven point dog going into Arizona. I mean, despite him not having his top three wide receivers, you know they were going to find a way to win that game. I think we got to give a lot of credit to the Packers defense for what they were really able to do yesterday in that game. Yeah, I was watching a bunch of, you know, throughout the day, I watched Game Day, I watched ESPN, I watched a bunch of different telecasts, and everybody was on the Cardinals. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, the, I guess that's that public mindset of, like, people are down and out, there's bodies bodies hitting the floor. But, like, at, at its baseline level, man, I'm just not fading Aaron Rodgers anytime he's an underdog in, in, in any situation, man. And, yeah, he didn't play his best game, but, like, to your point, it was the, the Green Bay defense showed out. Kyler was pretty much not effective until the fourth quarter. And I mean, it's yeah. probably because DeAndre Hopkins wasn't fully healthy. Mm-hmm. He had that one big play that easily would have changed the game, the game. Um, if they actually called that a touchdown instead of that BS fucking yeah. interference call. But, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guys in the Slack channel. I think that had DeAndre Hopkins anytime touchdown. I think me and uh me and Rod had talked about this on the Thursday show too, that DeAndre Hopkins anytime touchdown is pretty much almost like an auto bet every single week. Yeah. Because number one, he could catch it over the top, and he's a huge red zone target. Even when he was with the Houston Texans, he was that red zone guy. And even with now with the Cardinals, he's that red zone guy also. But it just sucks to see him get him hurt or see him get hurt. But 
now they have 10 days off, you know, to get their guys ready for, you know, the second half of the season. Uh, they have, I think they have a big game or could be a big game against the Niners as a division game coming up next week. But uh, we'll talk about it when we get there. Uh, let's recap last week. Dan, I know me and you were talking last Sunday uh, about how our player props were doing. I think combined we went like, what, eight and three, eight and four. Um, it was a great weekend for the prop, the props. It really was, man. And I think that um, the t- I absolutely nailed the two quarterback props that I had last week with the under on Sam Darnold and the longest reception for Ryan or longest uh, completion for Tannehill uh, over 35 and a half yards. Those were easy wins. Um, my best bet did go down with the Hopkins over 69 and a half uh, receiving yards. That's a good but I hit the over five and a half receptions. And then Mark Ingram, um, that that one, I think that was a bad call. I think you kind of, yeah, you tipped me off on that one, thinking that uh, I was on the wrong side of that because I think we were talking offline, is that these rush attempts for the Texans running backs, it's going to be non-existent after the first quarter because they're already going to be down like two touchdowns. But, um, yeah, you had a great, what did you go, like five and one, five and two for yourself last week? Uh, I think four and two. One, two, three. Yeah, four and two. Okay. So I had um, I had Corey Davis under 53 and a half receptions, cash that one, even though he had a really sick touchdown in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields over 18 and a half rushing yards. He smashed through that uh, really because that was the only thing that they could do to generate any kind of offense mm. um, was him running the ball. And then I had the the Hopkins D-Hop anytime TD. So we were just talking about that, yeah. that cash. DeAndre Swift, man, under I had him under 43 and a half rushing yards. He demolish that and wasn't expecting him to to have such a productive uh scrimmage day all purpose day but he 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 balled out yeah um and then i got chase edmonds over seven and a half rushing attempts which was great timing because i think i think his his rushing attempts really started to go lower because he was still battling that that shoulder injury but once he he's past that now like i think we yeah. saw last last night he got his first touchdown mm-hmm. he looks like he's good money to be the 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 main back for the Arizona Cardinals going into the second half of the season here. So um, that one was an easy over. He smashed that. And then my going into Monday night, my gross bet of the week was Mohamed Sanu over one and a half receptions. Yeah. Had I known that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to completely fucking <laughs> just go full tilt and just awful. Yeah. Like he's got to be benched at this point. Like he can't throw the ball at all. Yeah. And I was texting you at the, at the, at the time. Cause like he got Muhammad Sanu got his first reception like late into the third quarter. And I was like, yo, I got another quarter left. I know Sanu as a slot man is going to at least get something underneath, but Jimmy G can literally only throw to Debo Samuel. So yeah, that one, that one failed, but it was still a productive. Yeah. Very, very profitable week. There was a graphic that I saw that someone had tweeted out that, Jimmy G absolutely like missed uh, Muhammad Sanu wide open, like down Why? the field Why? where it would have been a touchdown. He, like, Oh, there was like nobody oh. near like 10 <laughs> yards of him. He absolutely just missed them. But that's just Jimmy G for you, man. I agree with you. Like at that quarterback situation, I'm surprised they haven't thrown the house at the Texans right now to go out and get uh, Deshaun Watson, because you put Watson into that offense uh, sky's the limit at that point for the San Francisco 49ers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, again, a great week for us last week. Hopefully we can continue that momentum uh, going into this week with our player props. Uh, Dan, let's take a quick break here. Let's hear from our sponsors, and then we'll dive into our uh, player props for the Sunday games uh, NFL Week 8. Ready to win money and boost your odds? 
WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New users can bet $1 and win $100 on any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1500 as a free as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever you wager first is WinBet will match it up to $200. For example, if you bet $100, you'll get a free $200 bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing and PropSwap is your home for the best World Series futures. All season long, prop swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use your promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. So improve, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, Dan, let's get it going, man. Uh, Hit me with your first player prop for uh, the Sunday games. First player prop I got is Jalen Hurts over 45 and a half rushing yards. He's done this in four out of seven games averaging 51.6 yards per game on the ground. He's had over 10 carries in the last two games against way better opponents than the Detroit Lions, Tampa Bay, and Las Vegas. And there's no Miles Sanders here. So Kenneth Gainwell's been pretty productive in the past game. He's been extremely useful in the red zone. But I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunities for for Jalen Hurts to find some rushing lanes here. Um, The Eagles desperately need a win. You know, they're three and a half uh, point favorites here. so you got to figure there's got to be at some point they got to write this ship. So the only way they're going to get there is Jalen Hurts and being productive on the ground. So um, looking at Detroit's rushing yards, they're allowing 120 yards per game on the ground, which is the uh, 10th worst in the NFL. So this is a good spot for Jalen Hurts to go over this this line. Yeah, I think the uh, key right there is that uh, you have Miles Sanders out, but it's not like they were utilizing him anyway. But, uh, you know, again, the Eagles and, and Jalen Hurts, he really has that capability of creating, you know, opportunities with his legs, whether that's, you know, scrambling out of the pocket, throwing it down, or actually just using his legs to kind of, you know, run down the field and get these big gains. And like you highlighted, he's been doing that all season, and why not do it against the Lions here uh, going into Detroit, uh, who are still seeking their first win of the season. So Jalen Hurts over rushing yards, prop number one for Dan. 
Uh, for my first one here, I'm going to go uh, Matthew Stafford under 297 and a half passing yards. Um, this one's pretty simple for me. You know, I'm not going to really back this up with stats, but it's more about that. You're ex- we're, we're all expecting the Rams to go come into Houston this weekend and absolutely just blow them out. And I think that we've seen over the past couple of weeks where the Texans have been getting blown out in games against the Colts where they lost 31 to three. And then last week against the Arizona Cardinals where they lost 31 to five. Uh, both of those quarterbacks uh, went under their passing yards around Wentz had 223. I think Kyler had like 261 last week. So when you kind of get to that fourth quarter and you're up three touchdowns, there's no incentive to really throw the football. Right. And I think that that same thing is going to come into fruition this week. I'm currently seeing the Rams are favored by 16 points against the Texans. And again, we've seen when the Rams are undefeated, when they're up at the half uh, at the half coming into that second half, add another touchdown. Let's get to the fourth quarter. And if they're up three, four possessions, we possibly not, might not even see Stafford in the game at that point. It's going to be more, let's let's hand the ball off. Let's let's kill this clock. Let's get out of here and move on to new week nine for the Rams. So uh, Matthew Stafford under 297 and a half passing yards. I like that a lot. And uh, we were talking about it before the show. Um, I've seen this line as low as two, 295. I think it was 294, 293, so, I think, yeah. 293, yeah, yeah, 293. So the fact that you're getting at 297, give give yourself four more yards of buffer here, but yeah, a lot of the projections I'm seeing is is somewhere around the 290 range and with a spread that wide, um you, you got to expect eventually Stafford's not going to be thrown as much down the field. I've seen Cooper Cups receiving yards prop at as high as 97, so yeah. um I think we do have a little bit of uh, recency bias built into these projections here or built into the Vegas line. So I think you can exploit that a little bit by taking some unders in a game that could get out of hand pretty quickly. I mean, we saw Arizona take care of the, uh, um, the, the Texans with an 18 and a half point uh, margin of victory. So, you know, with 16 and a half, pretty much the same formulas coming up here uh, just without Mark Ingram. So yeah, I don't see any reason why we're going to have any different outcome that we, that we saw last week with these Texans. Yeah, I think this one might get uglier than it did last week with the Cardinals. Um, I mean, this Rams offense, we talk about it week in and week out, uh, especially with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and and uh, Daryl Henderson and these guys. I mean, they're going to put up points in a hurry against this Texans defense. Uh, Dan, let's go with your next, uh, next prop. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to roll with you there and, and stick in the same game. I'm going to go David Johnson under 33 and a half rushing yards. And really, this is just game script dependent, much of for the reasons that you gave for not backing Matt Stafford to have a big day. I'm also expecting the Rams to get out to a quick start, um, not really have much opportunity for the Texans to get their running game going on. And sure, you know, Mark Ingram did just get traded to the Saints, so that should open up more opportunities for David Johnson. Yeah. However, David Johnson sucks. And yeah. um, <laughs> that's he's a, he's, a, he's a shell of himself uh, from years past. I mean, he got. He got passed by Mark Ingram on the depth chart. Yeah. Philip Lindsay's the only person he's really competing with who also sucks. But uh, David Johnson's only rushing for 3.9 yards per carry. He's only got two first downs this this season. His long, season long is 13 yards. I'm not banking on, even if he does get some rushing attempts, it's not going to go very far against a stout uh, Los Angeles Rams defense that, mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, he's just not going to have any running lanes, and they're going to have to go to the the pass so early on because this this game is going to get out of hand. So, yeah, I just don't see there's going to be much opportunity here for David Johnson. I'd also sprinkle a little bit of Davis Mills under 223-and-a-half passing yards because um, I think even though he did this a couple games ago, uh, reality is going to get real. He's about to lose his job. He's not very good, and going up against a good defense, there's not going to be many opportunities for him to throw the ball to anyone other than – uh, Brandon Cooks. So yeah, I, I like David Johnson under 33 and a half. Also Davis Mills under 22, 23 and a half. Yeah. These unders for Texans players have been cashing at an alarming rate here uh, over the past couple of weeks, just because they've been getting blown out. I mean, you go back to that bills game. He only had 87 passing yards against uh, or did Davis Mills against the bills in that game, four interceptions. He did. He had a decent game against, I believe it was the Colts that we were talking about, or sorry, yeah, was the it Colts. the Patriots? Mm-hmm. No, right, yeah, the, the Patriots. Yeah, uh, the yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, you're 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 going up against a probably this is probably the best defense that he's probably seen all season. Maybe the Bills were a bit uh, better defense, but um, yeah, I just don't expect anything out of this Texans offense and this whole Mark Ingram trade that uh, Mark Ingram trade that happened to the Saints. We had Brandon Cooks, if you saw it on Twitter, or not. Um, came out and said, you know, he said, it's crazy. What a joke. And I think that Mark Ingram was one of those veteran leaders in that locker room. And I think they also say that Brandon Cooks is one of the main guys in there also. So if your leader is kind of, you know, frustrated by the, 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 uh, I guess the trades that are happening with these veterans, I don't see much of an effort coming out from the Texans this week. So I think that, you know, they're going to get their doors blown off for sure. Um, I'm going to stay in the same game also, Dan. And I think one, one person is going to have to shine in this game, and I think that's going to be Daryl Henderson. And I'm taking over 80 and a half uh, rushing yards. Um, again, this Texans defense is atrocious, and their run rush defense is even worse. Number 30 in the league where they're giving up – sorry, number 31, actually. They're giving up 146 rushing yards per game. They're allowing uh, opponents rush uh, – sorry, rush attempts – of 31 per game. So I think that we're going to see the Rams offense run the ball more here against the Texans uh, defense. They probably build a play action off of that. Also, Houston is allowing 4.7 yards per carry to opposing running backs, and they've allowed an even worse number at 5.1 against um, opposing running backs over the last three games. So I know I think we're kind of getting to that point of the season where maybe we want to take a look at recency numbers, right? The How they've been doing over the last three games versus the entire season. And then we also take a look at the running backs that the Texans have faced over the last couple of weeks or last week. We talked about Chase Edmonds, 81 rushing yards for him. Uh, James Conner had 64. Uh, the previous week, J- Jonathan Taylor ran for 145. And then against the uh, Buffalo Bills, Devin Singletary had sing- uh, six, sorry, 71 sorry, 79, and then Zach Moss had 61. So I think that for the Rams, um, Daryl Henderson is pretty pretty much that guy right now for them, and I think that he should have no problem getting over 80 and a half rushing yards against this Texans defense. So I'm taking that over 80 and a half rushing yards for Daryl Henderson. Yeah, it seems pretty comfortable considering that the Houston Texans are allowing the second most rushing yards per game this season, 145.7. Um, you just tallied off, you know, what the Arizona Cardinals did to them, both yeah. Chase Edmonds and James Conner. The good thing about the Rams is that there's not much competition behind Daryl Henderson for carries. Mm-hmm. It's really just Sony Michelle. Yeah. So, um, but the the gap between Henderson and Michelle is that 
uh, Henderson's going to get way more carries than the split between James James Conner and uh, and Chase Edmonds, which is cl closer to a 60-40 split than than not. So, yeah, I like Daryl Henderson here. Um, I think they're going to round round out and definitely run the ball a little bit more once that game gets out of hand. Yeah, I think against second half, tell that tell into the third quarter, and then even to start the fourth quarter. No incentive to run the sorry, throw the ball at that point. We're going to see a lot more running from both Michelle and Henderson. So hopefully Henderson catches by hopefully by who knows halftime or midway through the third quarter uh, of this 80 and a half number. Uh, let's go to your uh, next one, Dan. What do you got? Yeah, so my next one I got is Nick Chubb over five and a half receiving yards. I've seen this as high as nine and a half on FanDuel. No Kareem Hunt. And uh, Dearness Johnson's the only other one there to really compete for touches. Now, he's only done this in two of five games this season, but he did do it last game before sitting out in week seven on that short week on Thursday night against that ugly, brutal, disgusting of a game that we had. Um, but I like I like this spot for Chubb because Pittsburgh's defense defensive front isn't that great. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him do this on one play, possibly a screen pass. And that's yeah. all it's going to take for him to go over five and a half receiving yards. Um, I would I would not feel comfortable taking this if Kareem Hunt were there. Right. But Dearness Johnson actually kind of tracks to be more of the Nick Chubb mold than Kareem Hunt. And we saw Del uh, Diedrich Felton uh, was not really used that much in the uh, running back room. He's more of a wide receiver. So I don't think there's going to be much competition for him to get a, a short pass from Case Keenum. So five and a half seems pretty low to me, um, considering that Chubb can easily do this, and he did it um, the game before that uh, that he played. He got not, he got one reception for nine yards. So um, I like this one. It's a bit risky, but yeah. I, I think it's a good spot, considering uh, we haven't seen a consistent Steelers team perform defensively, and Nick Chubb's going to get a lot of workload um, against this team. Yeah, I agree with you, especially the key part being number one, that Kareem uh, Hunt is going to be out for this game. Uh, he's with, been placed on the IR, so he's pretty much your pass catching running back. And I think another part of this, Dan, is that Baker Mayfield is going to start this game, but he's coming off that shoulder injury, right? I mean, that he's still hurt, so they're not going to be flinging the ball down the field. So if they do want to throw the ball, it might be Charlie check down to Nick Chubb or screen passes to Nick Chubb or, or you know, finding a space where he can um, catch the ball and turn up the field. So you asking him to get five and a half receiving yards, like you said, he could get that done in one catch, man. I, I think that this is a uh, a definitely mispriced here against a Steelers team that, um, again, their front is okay, but I think that Nick Chubb is more than capable of getting over five and a half uh, uh, receiving yards here, uh, even though Johnson had a great game a, a, uh, on that Thursday night game. But again, Nick Chubb is going to be your guy in this uh, backfield. Um, yeah, you got to fit. You got to figure at least uh, Dearness Johnson's earned himself some more yeah. workload. Yeah. Um, but just curious. I mean, you got Nick Chubb back there. You got to utilize your dude. Even if you know if Kareem Hunt's a totally different animal, you got to put him in there just because of his talent level. But without him there, I think that just opens up way more opportunity for Chubb to be a little bit more active in the pass game. Yeah, especially I think that we saw Johnson have a great running game. So you, uh, you know, we know we've talked about how the Browns love having that two back system. So maybe Johnson's going to be that ground and pound guy. And then you have Nick Chubb in the passing game, because again, they don't like flinging the ball down the field with, um, with Baker Mayfield more like, you know, he'll throw it 10, 15 yards, or if not dink and dunks to your uh, running back um, for my next one. It's, it's a little, it's a little curious or a little interesting. Um, I had to do a little digging for this, but I'm going to go Tom Brady 
I'm going to go over a half a interception thrown. So he's going to throw a pick against the uh, New Orleans Saints on Sunday. And if we kind of go back and look at the last two game or the two games last year against the uh, New Orleans Saints, he combined for five interceptions in those two games, two touchdowns and five interceptions. He threw at a minimum two interceptions in each game. He had three in one game and then two in the other game. And I know that, again, Tom Brady doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but I think being in a division game here, and especially with what happened last year, um, I think that there's something that Sean Payton may see in Tom Brady that that secondary can take advantage of. And it's not like I'm asking him to go out and throw three interceptions. I think Tom Brady is prone to throwing a pick or two here and there. I mean, he has those type of games where he throws interceptions. I think that the last, I mean, he had one opening night against Dallas at two, but since then he threw only one against Philly. But I think against this Saints defense, I think this is going to be a really good game. I think the Saints defense is going to be ready for Tom Brady and those receivers. So I think over uh, half a interception thrown, uh, especially with what happened last year with Tom Brady going up against the Saints, uh, I'm going to take that. I think I see that at plus 105 right now for Tom Brady to throw that pick. Well, this is going to be a trap game to me um, because the Bucs have been one of the best teams in the NFL next, right up there next to the, the Packers and the yeah. Arizona Cardinals. And a divisional matchup with the Saints as dogs I don't. I, I just like that spot, man. Jameis Winston's eighteen and ten and one against the spread as an underdog, and I gotta feel like he's going to be extra motivated coming from the Bucks. And I don't know. I feel like the New Orleans Saints defense is going to be pretty inspired. So I actually think this game is going to go under. And mm-hmm. in which case, that would correlate to Tom Brady having more struggles than he's had uh, to this date. And I think this is going to be probably one of the toughest matchups he faces all season um, at this moment. So um, yeah. at home. For for the Saints, I think that this te- this team's going to be a little bit more inspired. Mark Ingram's back in the building. Wouldn't be surprised if we see Tom Brady make some mistakes. Yeah, I think that again, you know, we talk about division uh, division dogs, especially by being at home. Probably a profitable angle, something to definitely dig deeper into. Um, but I yeah, I think that you know Tom Brady can at least give throw an interception here against a division dog. I'm looking for. Um, Jameis Winston rushing yards. I'm trying to see if I can find that. Uh, I don't see anything on one of the books I'm looking at, but um, and a bonus bonus prop bit here I'll throw. He's ran in the past two games against Washington and Seattle. He's combined for 14 uh, rush attempts for 66 yards. So wouldn't be surprised if, again, if that pass rush may get to Jameis Winston, he kind of takes off uh, with his legs because we've seen him do it in the past two games. I'll try to find a number on that, but... Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that from Winston. So uh, throw a bonus prop out there for that also. Yeah, I don't know why Vegas is holding us, holding him back on on the Jameis rushing attempts because they're rushing yards or rushing attempts. I haven't seen them. I also don't see them listed anywhere. Yeah, hopefully maybe by the weekend we probably get something. I know they're, they're slowly – more props are trying to trickle out. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we can find that one. Uh, what's your next one, Dan? What do you got? Yeah, my next one is Tim Patrick under 40-and-a-half receiving yards. So – we get the long-awaited return of Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick hasn't gone over this in four of seven games this year. Denver's offense, people were calling for Teddy Bridgewater to get benched last game. Mm-hmm. I think that that would actually probably be a good thing in terms of like Drew Locke because he just doesn't give a shit. So he's just going to throw the ball <laughs> anywhere. doesn't matter who it's to. Um, 
And so, but right now it's still Teddy two gloves. And as far as it is, I, I can't trust Tim Patrick with Jerry Judy back in the lineup. Um, we already got Cortland Sutton competing for targets. Noah Fant. Um, Tim Patrick, I think, is going to take the back seat here. And we're going to kind of see him be one of those uh, accessory players that's probably going to use more as a decoy as Jerry Judy continues to get back in the offense. Because this, he, he looked really good when he, before he went down with that ankle injury. So he's got mm-hmm. plenty of time. I think that the, the Denver Broncos are playing the, the long game for this. Uh, he was ready to go last week, but they didn't want to push on a short week. So I think we'll yeah. see a more explosive Jerry Judy and hopefully Denver offense that won't involve Tim Patrick as much because um, they've been solely dependent on him because Jerry Judy's been out. Would you say the number was up? Sorry. 40 and a half. Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, even like when Judy went down and they had those cluster injuries uh, at that wide receiver position, He's only really had like one great game yardage wise. And that was what week, a uh, couple weeks ago, week five or weeks. Yeah. Week five against the Steelers. He had 89 yards, but now with Judy coming back, that's going to, like you just mentioned, that's going to take away from his targets. And again, Judy should be back in the fold. Noah font, their tight end, big guy, big target. And then again, your number one guy is Cortland Sutton. So I think, yeah, that target share is going to go down for sure for uh, Tim Patrick. So I like that one. Um, For my next one, let's go with another wide receiver. And look, I don't know why the uh, market keeps putting this number out at the same number every single week. And this dude keeps crushing it every single week. And that's going to be Jamar Chase, longest reception, over 26 and a half over 26 and a half yards. And if we kind of take a look at his game log, what he's done every single week this season uh, against uh, opposing defenses last week, along of 82, the previous week, 53, 70, 44, 34, 42, and 50. So every single week, he's gone over this longest reception of 26 and a half yards. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase still have that connection from LSU. It's now on display on Sundays, except uh, not on Saturdays anymore. And dude's absolutely crushing it, man. Last week, a career high, eight receptions, 201 yards, a touchdown, a long pass of 82. I mean, what are we doing here? I think that he's going to absolutely crush this number again, 26 and a half. Uh, And again, they're going up against the Jets where we talked about a couple weeks ago where the Jets are prone to give up those long passes. And if you kind of go back and look at some of the number of receiving yards or longest completions that they've given up to opposing wide receivers, there's no reason why Jamar Chase shouldn't be able to do this again. So I'm taking Jamar Chase, longest reception, over 26 and a half yards. I think we found your best bet. Um, <laughs> that That is just uh, – you're right. Uh, why haven't the books caught up to that? I'm going to tell that. I'm going to tell the shit out of that. I'm probably going to put multiple units on that because Jamar Chase not only looks like the best rookie wide receiver, he looks like one of the best receivers in the game right now. Um, and with this spread being so wide, I guess that's the only thing I would be a little bit hesitant of, like yeah. if this game gets out of hand. But like, I don't know. I don't know that this game is necessarily going to get out of hand. Like the Jets have been given 10 and a half points and we don't know who Mike White is. Where did Mike White come from? He looked pretty good no, last got, week, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know where he came but, from. <laughs> but but he's but like he's like literally that guy that I like. I'm I'm having to Google like I'm in dynasty leagues, and I'm like no one has this guy rostered because like yeah. no one knows who the fuck he is. They just traded for Joe Flacco. That shows you how much confidence they really had in Mike White before 
uh, Zach Wilson actually went down. So, but like I say that to say Zach Wilson's been awful. So even if Mike Mike is, White. Mike White is actually decent or like somewhat okay, he's still going to probably be better than what Zach Wilson was. Yeah. So if they can make this a competitive game within 10 point, 10 and a half points, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamar Chase has at least two or three receptions that go over 26 and a half yards. Yeah. Um, just because the, the, the Jets defense isn't that great, even though Robert Salah is known for his defense, like they just don't have the personnel equipped to really handle it. So yeah, I love this. I love this spot for Jamar Chase. He's an awesome talent. I, I want to get, this is actually the first prop I'm going to play with Jamar Chase. So thank you for bringing this. Yeah. hundred percent, man. I, that's, this one's, I'm, uh, this one, this is the first one I looked at today. And, and if they're going to keep pricing this at around this same number, uh, if anything under 30, I think we got to keep on pounding it every single week. So, uh, yeah, uh, best bet territory his, for me for sure. His yards per his yards per reception per game. Yeah, is is 21 and a half. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you mean to tell me he ain't gonna catch one ball that's over 26? Like that's that's crazy, man. Yeah, and it, like if you if you look sure. over the last three weeks, uh, 25, uh, 25, 24.3, and 26.5. Uh, against Green Bay, so I think yeah, that's just just really really crazy to me. So uh, I'm gonna Wild. take that multiple units. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, hit me with your next one, Dan. What do you got? Yeah, so to close out my props, I'm going with Calvin Ridley under 75 and a half receiving yards. Okay. He's only done this once in five games. He's still getting a ton of looks from Matt Ryan, but I think the emergence of Kyle Pitts has kind of eaten into his yardage share. Mm -hmm. We've also seen Russell Gage return to the offense. Corderell Patterson is really a fucking thing in, two, in 2021. So he's also going to get some looks. So I think it's more so just the fact that, you know, Calvin Ridley, while he came into the season as one of the more touted wide receivers, uh, sans Julio Jones, and um, he just really hasn't he really just hasn't been a wide receiver one like that in, in fantasy terms. But the fact that he's not he's not he has yet to go over 100 yards. So 75 and a half, you know, he's averaging a mere um, just pulled it up real quick. He he's averaging only 68 yards a game. And that's, yeah. you know, for mm -hmm. actually, sorry, 56 yards a game. He's averaging 68 for his career, 56 yards a game this season with the lowest catch rate that he's ever had 59.6 so i don't have a lot of faith in his yardage i think he'll get plenty of receptions but yeah i'm just not feeling uh calvin ridley he used to be a big play guy um he averaged over 13 uh 13 yards per reception each of the first three years of his career this year he's averaging nine so he's just not going through a huge a uh, uh, He's not doing a lot in terms of depth per target, yeah. average depth per target, mm -hmm. um, which is definitely a concern for someone that's seeing the volume that he is. So, yeah, I'm going to take the under 75 and a half still seems overstated to me. Yeah, and I think there's maybe a couple of things that are kind of contributing to this that he's not getting the yards. Yeah, he's still getting the targets. But Kyle Pitts over the last two weeks has been a monster. Uh, definitely been over 100 receiving yards. And again, Cordero Patterson, for uh, the Atlanta offense has both his rushing yards and receiving yards has he, those two guys have pretty much been the guys for their offense. And I think that's kind of taken away from Calvin Ridley. Yeah. He's coming off of the injury, but I think Dan, this guy, Calvin Ridley had the most hype coming around him coming into the season with the departure of Julio Jones. And it really hasn't come into fruition yet. Uh, he's had what a couple decent games, but nothing like off the charts, like some of these other guys for the Atlanta Falcons are having. Um, as far as yardage wise. So again, if, if he's 
not making the catches. He is getting the targets. I think you got to continue fading uh, uh, Calvin Ridley here uh, this week against the uh, Carolina Panthers. Um, for my last one, I'm going to go back to that uh, Saints and Bucks game. And that's going to be Alvin Kamara over 44 and a half receiving yards. Um, again, you're going up against one of the best uh, rush defenses in the league uh, in the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And last week, they didn't have a great week against the rush. But uh, last week, uh, Alvin Kamara was absolutely a monster in the pass catching game. And I think that's what probably they're going to have to get back to this week if they're going to ha- have a chance to beat the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last week, he had 20 uh, rushes for 51 yards. But if you take a look at his pass catching ability, uh, he had what over 100 yards receiving last week, I believe. Uh, let me double check that. Yeah, 10 receptions, 128 yards. The previous week against Washington, uh, five receptions, 51 yards. So I think they're starting to utilize Avon Kamara more in the running, uh, sorry, the rush, uh, the receiving game and the passing game. So I think they're going to have to do that all this week also when you're going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who can uh, absolutely shut down a rushing uh, attack of any game or any team. So I'm taking Alvin Kamara over 44 and a half receiving yards against the, uh, against the bucks on Sunday. Uh, this, I, I think that that's gotta be the play, man. The bucks rush defense is so good. Um, as is the saints rush defense. And um, you got to figure Jameis, if he's going to have any success, he's got to get that ball out. And uh, what better, what better target or, or, or blanket to have than Alvin Kamara. He's just been a monster. And uh, I think he's going to continue to have a really good season. I think it's going to help actually having Mark Ingram there. It's going to be lighten the load a little bit yeah. in terms of his carries won't be be need to pound it in uh, between the tackles as much. Mm-hmm. And I think he's he's at his best when he can get the ball in his hands in space. So I think Sean Payton will find a way to scheme him uh, to get him the rock. So yeah, really like that. That seems a pretty like this actually seems like a pretty modest line. Yeah, for, uh, knowing what his pedigree is. That's a great point, Dan. I didn't even think of that. That now they got Mark Ingram back. They can put him in the backfield. And they can line up Alvin Kamara uh, in the backfield, also pass catching, or even line them up uh, next to wide receivers and tight ends in the passing game. So I think that, yeah, that's something definitely to keep an eye on going forward uh, for the New Orleans Saints and Alvin Kamara. Uh, Dan, let's take one final break here. We'll come back with best bets and final thoughts for NFL Week 8. Do you wish you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robinhood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athlete so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite athletes, start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy to use app from the App Store or sign up at PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Use promo code SGPNNBA, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. The value of players will change based upon game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares of players at any time as long as a player isn't currently in a game. Sign up with promo code SGPNNBA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And don't forget, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, uh, we just gave you about, what, 11 combined or 12 combined player props there. Uh, Hopefully we have another great week like we did last week, Dan, in uh, week seven. Uh, Hopefully we can do another eight and four, seven and three type of situation here. So, 
Let's wrap this up with a best bet, man. What do you got? Yeah, so my best bet, I'm going with... Ugh, I like these. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with my boy Jalen Hurts here for over 45 and a half rushing yards. Okay. I just like the game script. Two bad teams going up against each other. Probably going to put points on the board. Uh, with no Miles Sanders there, I think they're really going to have to lean on Jalen Hurts' legs here. Because um, Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, while he might also be involved here, I think it's really going to be led by by Jalen continuing to do what he does best. And that's uh, using his wheels. Um, so I like his prospects here. I'm going to go Jalen Hurts over 45 and a half rushing yards. Best bet. Yeah, I like that one too, man. Uh, my best bet, I think we we were both overwhelmingly talking about this one, and we're going to put multiple units down. That's Jamar Chase. Yes. Longest reception over 26 and a half. I mean, just doesn't make sense to me. Um, dude's gone over. He's crushed this number every single week as his longest reception. Joe uh, Joe Burrow, I'll say Joe Brady. Joe Burrow <laughs> is actively looking for this guy almost on every single play. So, again, you know, this, this connection between Burrow and Chase – from LSU has now translated over to the professional level on Sunday. So going to keep pounding it until the market adjusts. So longest reception uh, over 26 and a half yards for Jamar chase as my best bet. Uh, Dan, that's going to bring us to the end of it, man. Another week in the books here. Um, any final thoughts, man, about this Sunday or anything else going on with, uh, tell also let the people know what you're working on, man. Yeah. One final thought. Um, on Jamar Chase and just how much of a beast he is. He ranks number eight in yards after the catch at 3.8 per game. Um, he averages, he's averaging, he's number four in air yards, air yard share. So he's getting 44% of the Cincinnati Bengals air yard share. Wow. And he is number five in deep targets overall throughout the season. So I don't know. Everything is just pointing to me. Hammer. The Jamar Chase 26 and a half longest reception, man. Um, yeah. It's crazy, dude, man. I mean, why is this Q, like QB a rating when half? targeted? He's number two in the NFL. This, that's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, all the qualifying like wide receivers in this league for Jamar Chase in his rookie year to be that high. I just don't get it, man. So I'm going to, I'm going to continue writing this. Uh, you know, hopefully he has a big week again, like he did last week against the Ravens. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, so yeah, back to, yeah, you can find me at Dan Titus on Twitter. Um, it's NBA season. It's football season still, obviously. But, uh, yeah, man, that's what I talk about, football and basketball. <laughs> so hit me up. Uh, hit me up with your best props, too. I, I love talking shop about props. That's why we're on the PropCast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I know we've just been pumping out a lot of content between, you know, the fantasy football, MLB. Uh, I know we got the uh, – the soccer coming yeah. up. I mean, we got it. We got freaking everything. So yeah. SGPN is continuing to crush it. Tune in, keep following moon off and all of the plethora of things that he's doing. Never ending the, the moon off. The machine is real. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, happy to do it again. The machine t-shirts are coming soon. Uh, <laughs> the, the boss is like, I really need to embrace the machine, uh, the machine, uh, persona, I guess. But, uh, no, man, it's, it's always funny. You know, like we talk about every single week, get to work with you guys like you, Dan, and, and you know, on the NBA gambling podcast and getting to talk to Malcolm on the MLB. And I mean, we, we've had, you know, so many different guests come on. It's just fun. Just, just kind of sitting back and talking about sports and at the same time, helping our listeners cash in uh, bets and, and make money for them. So hopefully we're able to do that also. But like Dan said, man, check out all the work that's happening on the sports gambling podcast uh, network. 
Uh, we have the Hockey Gambling Podcast. Those guys are absolutely crushing it early on in the season. Um, their podcasts are, they cover, I think, back-to-back days uh, in one podcast. So check them out. MMA is on fire. Uh, college football. I mean, Kobe is absolutely like crushing the competition out of the water. Uh, so check out all the picks. NBA is full swing. Terrell's having a great season thus far. He was this close, uh, Dan, from hitting a 150 to one parlay the other night. I saw that. I saw he, that. He Shot needed Terrelli Rell, man. That's crazy. Anthony Edwards, we are going to come find you when you need to explain yourself. <laughs> this is one of those situations, I think, where uh, where uh, Sean had, who was that quarterback that threw two picks? Um, that Was it Scott Tolzien that cost him some money or, or a whole bunch of money, a million dollars, that, something like that? That sounds like a guy that would do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, if you guys don't have the app yet, download the app. We get all the picks and podcasts. You get that notification as soon as it drops. Uh, Till then, good luck this weekend with all your bets. Hopefully, we all make some money together. Let's close this month of October out strong, build some momentum going into November. Till then, let's break the books off and let it Ride.